Hey everyone, welcome back to the second edition of our um, talk about, I guess, tip experience as a migrant in Australia. Uh, so today, I don't know whether you heard, but I heard something quite encouraging that Australia will start allowing 450 people back per day from overseas. Um, yes, that is encouraging, but I, but I think they were saying something like if there were 10 countries that were flying over, then that's 45 people per flight. That's not a very full plane. Yeah, well, I, I just heard about that too now. So that's good <laughs> to know that they're opening uh, the borders slowly. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, the Australian government has some confidence that they've got COVID uh, or at least the procedures um, pretty well in place. Mm. So it's, it's good. It's a good sign to see that they're allowing people back in. Yeah, that's good. So when is it going to start? I'm not sure. Uh, so this is secondhand news from the uh, news channels. Okay. So we'll have to see how that works in the coming days. Yeah, I hope that it will open just in time for my parents to come in September. <laughs> that, would, that would be good news. Yes. So what are we talking about today? So, of course, last time we talked about our experience, um, how we migrated to Australia, um, the places uh, that we stayed in, and we talk about some public transport and also a little bit about uh, the course that we did, I guess. And mm. this time we want to maybe dwell in a little bit more on um, how do you juggle life here in Australia? I think for myself, uh, when I first came here, I remember because I come from Indonesia. So everything back home in Indonesia is so cheap. The first thing I came here was that I'm comparing a dollar to my rupiah and I was like wow this is so expensive and at back then that was about 13 years ago one meal of like a, a plate of fried rice it cost maybe about nine dollars and I was like this is so expensive um it because you can pay about uh, less than a dollar for a plate of fried rice back home mm. so for me that was um quite I guess like I had to save a lot uh, just because the thought of like, oh, I'm spending so much is not, you know, like you just want to be able to be uh, more wise in your spending because mm. you know that your parents are paying for you um, or you want to be able to support yourself. So, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, when you compare the cost of living in Australia to a lot of um, countries, especially your, your Asian and Southeast Asian countries, it can be, it can seem quite expensive. Uh, but I mean, th there are ways, I guess, you can sort of um, minimize that cost. And one of those is, you know, maybe eat at a food court. Mm. I know I, I certainly when I was um, at university, I would often eat at the food court because I knew that, uh, well, for me, I thought it was still quite good quality food. Mm. But at probably, you know, uh, only 60% of the cost of what I would pay in a restaurant. And, and also, I like the variety in a food court because mm. you would have uh, lots of different types of cuisines. And if, to, you know, if yesterday I already had Chinese, today, today I might feel like Indian mm. or something different. Uh, and the other thing that I really liked about food courts was that they always had the specials. Mm. So, you know, there might be one stall that might close um, before 5 p.m. And then, so if they had leftovers, they would put that on special. So you could get two boxes of takeaways for, you know, $10 uh, instead of, you know, $10 each. Yeah, I remember I was 
like really eyeing on those um, you know deals before when I was a student. And uh, the other thing that I did was also um, I try to cook more at home. Mm. Um, going to local markets to buy the produce is a lot more cheaper than at the supermarket. And of course, like some supermarkets are. Um, they also sell things a bit cheaper than the others. For example, if you go to Aldi, uh, which is a German um, origin supermarket, um, they tend to sell cheaper products. Um, but it also depends on which one you buy. Or uh, the other thing that I also did was that I actually did uh, catering. So um, I ordered catering from a known uh, restaurant who delivered to my area. And, um, and for example, they will send like two boxes of food. So one is a ma- uh, both of them are main dish. So one is the meat, uh, one is the veggie. And so I just divide that into two or three meals and I just need to cook rice to go with it. And that seems to save a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Actually, cooking in Australia is, is super convenient because you can get a lot of your um, greens and meats uh, locally. And a good, really good thing about, I guess, cooking yourself is um, you know what you're putting into your food so mm. often it can feel healthier or it can actually be healthier I guess depending on um, yeah especially for people with with food allergies yeah definitely um, and the other good thing about Australia is that you don't have to be stuck with a restaurant like um, everywhere you go there are different type of food around mm. and you know you may come from different background from India, from Indonesia, from Malaysia, Singapore, you know, you name it. Uh, if you go to a shopping mall, you can be sure that you can find the type of food that you're used to. Mm. Now, that's about food. Um, what about, for example, if I didn't bring enough clothing from my home country or, you know, both both of us came from countries where we wouldn't even need winter clothing and then we come to Australia and we realize actually Australia has four seasons. Mm. Um but one of the things I realized here is that there is such a wide range of clothing brands. You can always get something that fits within your price range. Yeah. And the other uh, thing that I picked up when I first came here is there's something called op shopping. Do you mm. know what that is? Yeah. So uh, it's basically a shop where they uh, people don't want uh, their stuff and they donate to a charity or it is a, it's a secondhand uh, pro, um items that they they want to sell and they just sell it very cheap mm. so that's where you can also get your, your stuff from mm. um, there are a few around if you just google you probably can find it easily as well um, but also one thing I guess I would give a tips is that you know the um, winter clothing that you buy from overseas where your uh, where your home country is it's a tropical country or it doesn't have a winter season it's never enough for um, weather, like the winter weather in Australia. Mm. So I would suggest that don't bother buying too many winter clothing just because you're coming to Australia because um, I think it's still better to buy from Australia because uh, they sell what you need. And um, yes, there are some stores that sell for very expensive, but you can easily go to Kmart or Target um, yeah, to find all these cheaper uh, alternatives. And I think it's also important to, to mention that even though we've just spoken about Australia very generally, but um, depending on which state you go to, the weather, I guess the temperature varies greatly because if you go to the Northern Territories, yeah. you, you may not experience winter 
over there. Whereas if you go to, for example, Tasmania, South Australia or Melbourne, it gets very, very cold. And then you've got all your other states in between, which, for example, Sydney, you might be able to put on a singlet and then a thick jumper and then that's enough. Mm. Whereas in Melbourne, I don't think that would be uh, enough. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, just don't go crazy in buying before you come here and just feel for yourself and buy as you need. Um, you may be surprised that you may not need that many uh, mm. clothing. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've spoken a lot about buying stuff. Now let's talk about how we pay for all that stuff uh, through finding a job. Did you find it easy to, to find a job uh, when you first started looking for one? And, and how did you actually end up um, landing that, that job? What were the different channels that you used? When I came here, um, I think after three months, after I settled for three months, I decided that I want to get a job. Uh, because I realized that the living cost here is not uh, cheap uh, compared to Indonesia. So what I did was that I prepared a resume. I just Google, you know, I didn't have many uh, much experience back then, but I just put in, you know, the things that I was involved in at school because I was still quite young, right? I just finished my high school. So, um, you know, there's only a handful of experience that I've had. But, I, you know, I put an experience like uh, I help at my mom's store um, in Indonesia. I did volunteer this, volunteer there, you know, some uh, basic um, like uh, projects that I was involved in at school. And I just print all that and just go around um, the city like looking for because a lot of the shops there they actually advertise on their window when they need a stuff mm. like whether it's a kitchen hand or a waitress or waiter they normally put it on the on the wall so what i did was i just looking for those and just go in hand in my resume and that's what like what i did but even to the ones that did not advertise i try to just go in there and just hand it in mm. um so yeah i think that's how i did in the in the um back then um of course there are also other ways where you can just search online so you can go to sick.com.au um or uh what was the other one again that you can find yeah there's so there's other ones like indeed there's jora glassdoor so there's so there's quite a number of different job sites yeah even facebook actually if you uh, just join different groups in in uh, facebook especially for the migrants uh, you can find that a lot of the people sometimes they post it like oh you know kitchen hand knitted or like uh, driver knitted and things like that and yeah that may be another way where you can find a side job mm. i really like some of the things you said just then you know a resume is definitely critical in, in Australia, people like to see a resume. They like to see what work experience you've got. But more importantly, they also like to see what you do outside of work. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to realize more and more that Australian employees like someone who uh, is not only good at their job, but has other interests, which make them a more rounded person, mm. I guess. And um, the other thing is, you know, I think resume drops are a very good experience. Like you said just then, you'd go into a restaurant and just drop your resume for them to consider. Because I think that takes so much courage compared to uh, possibly filling out a form online and hitting the send button. Mm. You know, because you, you're going in, you're asking uh, if there's a job available and there's the, the, the there's a potential to, to be given the odd look or to be ridiculed. So I think that, you know, that for me, if someone did that, to, to, to our business, um, I would feel 
you know, really encouraged by that person for having uh, the bravery to, to come and, and do that. Yeah, I guess when I was desperate back then and um, I, that's the only way I can think of to apply for a job. But I think for me, it didn't take long before I found a job and that's very good. And uh, I think in Australia in general, if you are motivated, if you show that you are willing to learn, even though you don't have the experience, a lot of employers are willing to give you a chance mm. to to do uh, the job well. I I did a number of casual jobs that I can think of. I work in um, a few uh, local restaurants. I've worked in um, fast food chain restaurant like KFC. I've also worked um, as um, giving out flyers on the street. I've worked that job as well, and. Um, so like, you know, I think I really encourage people who are studying here to not just focus on your study, but just go out and, and try all these different uh, casual jobs because not only you can help your parents or help yourself by saving money, but also you gain all these skills that may uh, prepare you when you graduate. And that's really important. A lot of Australian employers like to see that you've got Australian work experience on your resume. So I know, I know a lot of people may find this hard to accept um, and, and me being one of them because at the beginning, you know, I thought, well, I'm an, I graduated as a chemical engineer. Um, I should just fit into an engineering job straight away. But what I've come to realize is sometimes you just have to find a job in Australia to do so that you get Australian work experience. And once your employer in your chosen field has seen that you've got that experience, suddenly, you know, they go, oh, okay, he understands or he or she understands what it's like to work in Australia. So, you know, if they meet the technical side of the skill, then, okay, I'll hire them. Um, aside from that, I guess a few other things that I wanted just to touch on is, you know, in, in Australia, uh, employment is regulated. So you should be paid the minimum wage. Uh, right now, the minimum wage is $19 something per hour, but that constantly changes. So, um, you know, you can just Google that and go onto a government website just to make sure that you're being paid uh, at the minimum uh, rate and not being taken advantage of. The other thing is superannuation is something that your employer should be paying to you. And that basically goes into a retirement fund. And again, that is by law. Um, and, you know, if you are... Um, on the payroll and you are being paid into a bank account, make sure that you're receiving pay slips and things like that so that you do need to pay taxes at the end of the year. Was, was there anything else that, you know, you would say that um, people who have just come to Australia and are looking for work need to watch out for? Um, I think when you, I think when it, what was confusing for me initially was um, the uh, lodging my tax return. Um, because I was like, I've never done it before, of course, in my life, right? Because I never worked for anyone else um, before I came to Australia. Um, so that is something that I have to ask around and try to just learn myself by going through the government website and trying to understand the different terms. Um, because yes, you're international students, um, you're earning money and it's not much, but you need to lodge the mm. tax return. Uh, whether you get money back or you have to pay uh, the tax or you know you don't get much or even if you just work for like three months in that financial year 
you still need to ta- uh, lodge the tax return. Mm. And that is very important yep. because the government takes it very seriously if you don't do it. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and that is uh, very important for visa holders because uh, if, if you breach the tax laws of this country, it could affect your visa. Mm. Um, we would really recommend, you know, if you're concerned about how to lodge a uh a tax return, go and speak to a qualified tax agent. Mm. Now, coming to the end of our session today, the most important bit perhaps is about community. So how did you go about finding friends when you first came? It was actually quite difficult initially, even though I started off going to a foundation studies, which is equivalent to a college, um, where I meet a lot of international students. But I think because of language barrier, and um, they are not necessarily from Indonesia. Like they, are, they are, a lot of them are from China, and you know. So we have to communicate in in English. And my being, um, you know, as English as my second language, I was not very confident. So I become a very shy person. I didn't talk much, and I think I felt very lonely in general because I realized that actually making friends here is not that easy. Mm. Um, So yeah, that was an initial struggle. It took me probably about over a year before I finally able to find a solid friends. Um, Yeah, where I am. Um, But I think for me, what helped was um, definitely doing the casual job because, you know, when you're you know, when you're working, Mm. you force yourself to have to speak Mm -hmm. English, right? And you also need to speak to your colleagues as well. So that really helps uh, in terms of practicing English, but also because you meet the same people, um, you know, for a number of hours um, in a week. Mm. So you also build that uh, very valuable connection with other people that can be your good friends. Mm, yeah, agree. So work is a really good place. A university or if you're studying at college or TAFE, I think your classmates are a good place to start. Mm. I mean, you know, uh, don't be Although scared. I find yeah. that classmates may not necessarily be very helpful if, let's say you're in a university and everyone is taking different subjects. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you only meet them maybe for that one or two hours a week because you, you go, uh, you go to the same course, oh, yeah. sorry, the same uh, subject. Mm. Um, so I think partly is also that you need to take the initiative and try to make friends yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah. try to maybe form a group uh, where you where you can do the homework together, discuss the questions together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, another really good place could be Meetup. Meetup is basically a platform where people with similar interests and hobbies come and form groups. Mm. I know uh, I I joined a few. I really enjoy bushwalking. So I joined a few and we would go out bushwalking. There were rock climbing groups. You know, there's probably knitting groups. Any type of group you can think of, there's probably one on there. Mm. Uh, So that's a really good way to make friends also just outside of university. Um, You know, you've got common interests already, so conversations would be flowing. Um, So, yeah. So I guess, you know, we've spoken about a a lot of different things today. Um, I hope uh, our viewers would find it helpful. And if there are any other sort of topics that you would like us to cover based on our experiences as a migrant, we'd be more than happy to share those. Um, If there are any questions that you've got about doing life in Australia, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, And we do, you know, we'll share as much as 
we can from our own experiences and you know we'll do some research also to give you some helpful tips so thank you again for uh, tuning in and we look forward to um, speaking with you next week